Ladies and gents, welcome on back to Breathing New Life. It's a podcast exploring and rediscovering new metal past, present, and future. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Tom. Got another fun episode for you guys. We're going to be talking about uh, several different things here. But just to catch on up, Tom, how you been, man? It's just been another kind of busy, crazy week. Work and school. Trying to catch up on homework and whatnot so I can uh, get my grades and uh, be done in a few weeks with this semester, hopefully. But all, all that's going on for me right now, luckily, it's nothing major, just a uh, busy, busy. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Uh, work, got a huge project, and I don't know, it's just, it's never ending, but that's life, man. So, uh, so when is your final, if you don't mind me asking, like, when's your final test? Like, like when's, when's the big day? What's a big day? Uh, April 20-something. That's all I know. All right. It's, it's week in and week out for me, man. That's, I'm just trying to make it to the end. That's. Trying to make it to that finish line, so I I, I feel you, man. So yeah, no, that, it's gonna be awesome. And uh, I remember when I was in college and had a job in a band uh, back. I mean, shit for me, two thousand three. It, it was crazy juggling all that shit. And then like once I finally got to it, I was done and I graduated. There was liter- literally a, m- a morning where I woke up and I'm like, oh shit! And I'm like, wait a minute, like what do I gotta do right now? Cause like, you know, I had my job still and I had, you know, band practice maybe two or three times a week, but I was like, I have time now. You know, it was, it was, it was, it was such a different kind of feeling. So, uh, but that, that's awesome, dude. I, I hope you do well. And, and that just means that once that happens, we'll have just more shit to focus on for this uh, podcast, which is yeah. super exciting, super exciting. Yeah. My, my education isn't really what I consider done yet, but it will be a more of a relief because the diploma that I'm focusing on. I will be uh, graduating with that this semester. Not sure what I'm doing as far as summer classes yet. I'm probably going to try and take like a math course or something like that over the summer, but it'll be still a lot, you know, not as heavy as a load on me for schoolwork and whatnot. Right now it's just taking a, uh, its toll on me. But yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, here you do. Just pushing, just pushing to the end. Fuck yeah, dude. Like struggle is real. No, for real. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that can fucking you know, relate to that shit. You know, it's crazy, man. So like, yeah, on, on my end, crazy week at work. Obviously, I'm not going to go into that because nobody cares about that because this is a new metal podcast. So <laughs> I'll spare you from the details of my chaotic work life. But what I like to do is a mixture of uh, music and podcasts. That's what kind of gets me through the day personally. Fortunately, I work remote, work from home. So I have a good life in that respect. But I'm always looking up the new metal pages on Facebook and just any kind of music pages that are anything like, you know, metal, rock, new metal. And somebody posted up a demo of a band that I really like from Zero. It is the Green Album, which is a demo album that they had right before Nation, uh, A Nation Under. And I was like, oh man, like this is great. And I was listening to it and I forgot that like I've heard this a couple years ago. For anybody that out there that is a fan of From Zero, there are a few familiar songs on this album. It's obviously it's a demo. I'm, I'm sure this is either when they're unsigned or before they got you know signed onto a major label. But 
It's a little bit rougher, but I don't know. I, I love listening to songs in their most primal form to where it doesn't have the hands of a producer to where it's really polished. And uh, it was still good. Like, like a lot of them had a lot of the same elements that you would find under A Nation Under. They had songs of, you know, Smack, The Other Side, Tomorrow's Light, Czechia, which by the way, Czechia was like the first song that I heard from those guys. That was like the first hit that I really liked. But it's funny because if anybody's never checked it out, go on YouTube Type in From Zero Green Album Demo and put on Czechia and, and it's heavier. It's actually like they don't even have like the pretty chorus hook that I personally love, but it's just like it's just I don't know. It's crazy. It, it's heavier. It's a little bit more rough around the edges, but it was a solid listen, man, like 12, 12 uh, tracks. And it was really cool to kind of check and listen to a band that, you know, you got to listen to their ideas before they went into the studio. But I will say, and I love Jet's voice. I've always been a big fan of that. You can see that he had the majority of the vocal ideas, but it was just like the little things here and there that just kind of took it up a step once they released that album. Uh, It it was really cool. But uh, Tom, you and I got to talk before we were recording. Obviously, again, their first hit, Check Ya, they had a music video, which if you do kind of talk around online, around the new metal circle about that music video, there tends to be a common theme. I'm going to step back because I love the song, but I tend to kind of agree with this uh, sentiment. But uh, <laughs> let, let me know your thoughts on the Czechia music video from From Zero. As I was telling you earlier, I have to say that that in that video, their fashion, the way they look and everything like that is just way overdone. To me, it's almost like they're to the point of parody of new metal fashion. It's the way that everybody is dressed is like some member of a new metal band to the extreme. And the singer, his his tall spiked red colored hair, if I'm not mistaken, is red colored red. And it's yeah. all his piercings and everything like that. Even his movements in the video is just, it doesn't match the, the song to me or anything like that. I When I first found that video, I seriously thought that these guys were trying to make fun of new metal, you know, all the fashion and the, the way new metal videos would look kind of a cheap way and everything like that. And I find out that it's, they're actually pretty <laughs> serious about that. And I'm just like, wow. And I've gotten flack for, you know, giving them crap for the way that that video looks. So there's a lot of people that do like that song and everything like that. And I mean, it's cool to like the song and everything, but th- that video, the way they look there, everything is just, it's so overboard, overdone. I don't know what else to say. I, like I said, to the point of parody, in my opinion. And the thing is for me, I remember hearing them actually on KBPI in Denver. They actually released Check Ya. And I was like, man, this is good. Now, I'm coming from the side. Just make no, no mistake about it. Like, I'm, I'm a big From Zero fan. I fucking love those guys. And I'm a big fan of Jet and his vocals. So I heard the music before I saw the music video. So I, I definitely get what everybody's saying. To me, I like the spiky hair. I like the piercings. I mean, like, that's a shit, like, to me that I associate with new Metal. I do like it. However, yeah, it, it's almost like the special effects in the video. And I don't think it's to the band that did that. That might have been from the label or, yeah, but it was definitely, I would have to agree. It's, it's like an over-the-top video where it's like, if you guys just played, like, at a local bar or you had, like, an intimate setting or a different approach to the video, I, I think it would have resonated better within the new Metal community. But I, I can definitely see where... You know, some people are like, uh, this is a little bit over the top, you know, and I'm and I'm sure that people that don't like new metal, they're like, well, see, see, this is what I'm talking about. But I'm like, no, 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 no. It's like this is actually a really good band. And 
an image of a bad example. That's the thing. I mean, I don't mind the music. Like just recently, I was listening to another episode of the Roach Coach podcast. Jeremy, I don't know if you're familiar with that podcast. Mm-hmm. They've been going on for, for like six years now. And what they do is that in each episode, they take a, an album that is considered new metal and then they listen to it and kind of review it and everything like that. And they kind of decide on themselves as like, okay, would this be something that they would consider new metal if they shared it with somebody else? And there was a lot of commentary, much like I was saying about how with that video, the way that they sound, it just doesn't match. I don't know. They basically didn't consider them new metal. They 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 like really? the music. Yeah, they did not consider uh from zero oh. an actual new metal. Yeah, band or album. So and I'm oh, just no. like <laughs> that was like a victory. That was a fist up in the air for me because I don't hate the band, but I don't consider that music new metal. And I don't get why personally, I don't get why they get so much attention within the new metal circles. I think it's literally just an image thing. But like I said to me, that even if they were genuine about it themselves, it just seemed like they were almost put up to looking like that to the point that I think it's almost taking a cheap shot at new metal fashion, but maybe they really weren't. Maybe it was genuine. And I, I can't help that when I see that video, that's just how I feel, you know? And the thing is, we're coming from two different sides. You saw the music video and heard it at the same time where I heard the album first. So, okay. So let me ask you this. Everyone's got their opinion. That's absolutely fine. So if you're not and, and like, dude, you should have seen my face if we're on video, like you're like, they're not new metal. I'm like, what? So if they're not new metal, what would you call them, Tom? Like alt metal, you know? You know, oh, just really? uh, alt metal. Oh, man. Well, I mean, that's that's the thing, though. Alt metal is kind of a new metal adjacent thing, and there's bands that are kind of basically in both. I mean, Korn is considered both a new metal and an alt metal band. Cold is a good example of a band that's done a lot of alt metal type stuff. Uh, they're, they're kind of all, they're more in the same vein of something like Seven Dust, or I can't even think of some other bands off the top of my head uh, as far as alt metal otherwise. They're not truly new metal to me and sound. They don't really have enough to be new metal when I heard anything from them. And like I said, alive, it just seems to be kind of almost an image thing as far as being part of new metal. But hey, that's me and my opinion. And I know that I'm, you know, gonna get some flack from it from people <laughs> I've already dealt with in the past when I brought my opinions on them before. Whatever. I, yeah, I, no. I stand by what I say. And I'm not even trying to hate on them. I'm really not. It just I'm more hating on the idea that they are new metal, you know, because of the place and time and fashion or whatnot. I just, the sound just does not really match to me. Well, and, and the thing is like, that's why I think it's so fun also to talk about this kind of things on this podcast, because we're going to have times where we are going to be kind of split and have different perspectives and views. And Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think that it, it is beyond just you and I. I have seen it over the years where people are like, ah, oh, they're like posers or they're, but then you also have Camp From Zero, which that's on my side. I'm like, no, man, these guys are new metal. So they're right there on, on the line with that. Hey guys, time here interjecting while editing the episode. I've recently been making my way through a backlog of episodes for the Roach Coach podcast that I keep talking about. Those that are unaware of the show, they do reviews of albums and consider them for what they call their new metal canon. But before recording this episode, I had only gotten up to the episode where they themselves reviewed From Zero's One Nation Under. I totally forgot that I had commented on their Facebook post about four years ago about the band. And so what I'm about to do here is play an excerpt from the following episode where they read off comments regarding the From Zero episode. So yes, these are real comments as portrayed by the hosts of Roach Coach. 
So, we did an episode all about From Zero. You might remember it. And we got some comments. Scott Bikowitz said, I was obsessed with this band back in the day. He bought both albums new when they were released for well more than $3. But I think it was Jet's vocals that really got me hooked. I was dying throughout this episode as I thought your comments were dead on and it brought up some good points. Were they secretly a butt rock band posing as a new metal band? Or were they a bunch of new metal nerds that had had their sound shaped by the music industry? Interestingly enough, L.A. Reid signed them, and I believe he was also producer on their second album, My So-Called Life, which you would have a field day with. Thanks again for the awesome episode. Thank you, Scott. Tom reached out and said, I really hated the video for Czechia. It looked like they were, they were a band trying to parody new metal style, or just a bunch of posers getting dressed up by their corporate label trying to cash in on the fashion at the time. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Calling out some posers. I mean... Anytime you get a chance. Anytime. I'm going to be My- 70 yeah. years old calling people a poser. <laughs> uh, Mike Newton uh, said, This was one of the very few new metal albums I didn't own. As deep as into new metal as I was, I just never bought into this band. Their video really pissed me off, I guess. And then Tom rolled in and said, You mean that sorry-ass poser video for Czechia? <laughs> Tom's like, so hot for this video. And then Mike said, yeah, it was too much. They were just gimmick as fuck and were too obvious about it. I like that. Gimmick as fuck. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. All right. Chad, uh, Chad Worrell responded with just a comment. Just says, meh, little face. Doesn't look, <laughs> doesn't look too into it. That no. uh, was my face when yeah. we were recording. <laughs> so. Hope you found that little excerpt from Roach Coach Podcast. This musing as I did, especially considering after all these years, I'm still have the same feelings regarding From Zero and their video for Czechia. Well, anyways, enjoy the rest of the episode. I, I think another band, um, real quick, a, a little aside here, which I think are new metal, but their look and their sound doesn't exactly match would be Motograder. You would think that Motograder is a little bit heavier. Definitely new metal and great stuff. And and I love like that, that first album that they came out with. But it's like if you look at their picture and you heard most of their music or um, another band would be like Twisted Method, where, where sometimes like the image and the style is like a little out there in, in front of your face, you know. But to me, honestly, my personal take, I'm not speaking for anybody else or, or, or trying to say what I say is, you know, whatever. But at the end of the day, is, is the music good? And, and does it kind of give me that new metal vibe? And honestly, for both Twisted Method and Motograder, definitely. But I can see where people are like, wait a minute, it's not exactly the same. So I, I think From Zero might be lumped into that kind of group of bands that kind of have that same kind of where, where people debate about it. I don't think you're going to have as many arguments on Twisted Method or Motograder at least, especially not for me, because I, I definitely would put Twisted Method in a new middle category. Motograder is only debatable because they are a little bit more industrialized than most new metal bands, you know, industrial metal sound. But most people still would put them in with new metal. From Zero seems a little bit more divided than what I would expect. But who am I to say? Because I really don't even look that much into the discussions on the band because. I kind of just don't care because I don't consider them part of new metal. So I don't even, I already made up my mind. I don't really need any other arguments on that personally. Interesting. 
So, hey, um, also, Tom, um, there was a new album release. I mean, I'm sure you're familiar, at least with Islander, correct? Correct. Yeah. I mean, you talked to me about it earlier. Islander, I have seen them live a couple of times. I think they opened up for POD. And Sweet. I think they've opened up for Corn as well, if I'm not mistaken. They have, because um, I was at the concert where it was the 20th anniversary of the self-titled album, Hard Rock Orlando. Same here. I was... I saw them as well for that tour uh, up here in Milwaukee. So it was fucking sick, and they had um oh god, it's a real heavy band. Uh oh god, it's uh, Suicide Silence. Suicide Silence. Yep, Suicide Silence. So I'm like, sign me the fuck up. And it's my now wife. We were just renting and engaged, so you know we have like a wedding to worry about. And I've never bought me a VIP before. And I talked to her, and I was mm. like, I really want to do this. And she's like, Okay, well, how much is it? And it was a couple hundred bucks. And she's like. Well, this sounds pretty important to you, so just do it. God, this is why I'm marrying you. I love you so much. So I bought it, and it was fucking sick, dude. Um, I go to the Hard Rock, and we get first entrance, and then we get to like shake hands and meet the whole band like face-to-face real quick. They do an intimate acoustic session, and then they also get to do meet and greets and then a quick picture. So I got to take a picture with the whole band, and oh my God, dude, I'm on fucking cloud nine. But yeah, so so they play the show and then and then Islander comes on. I'm a huge, you know, like I, I really love Islander because that Violence and Destruction album. Well, actually, so so I remember hearing um, New Wave, which has got like very heavy Deftones kind of vibe to it. Love that song. And, and I checked out some of their earlier stuff from their um, other EP. And so great night. Everybody killed it. Fantastic show. And then I got to meet, you know, the lead singer and then I bought their album, jammed it on the way home. I'm like, holy shit, like, I got a new favorite band here. You know, like, like fucking love Islander. And, and Violence and Destruction, front to back, is fantastic. So that's kind of like my personal story. But no, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, like, so you caught them on the same tour, but obviously probably on in your neck of the woods, right? Yes, I was caught on the same tour. But like I said, I, I've, I've previously seen them open up for POD, I believe. At, let's see, Route 20 and Racine. And after the show, after the whole show, not just after their set, but after the whole show, uh, members of the band were out. Their guitarist is walking around. I don't know. He's kind of a goofy guy. The guitarist, J.R. Barris, he's walking around with like a dragon tail hanging out of his pants or something like that. I have no idea. He's, <laughs> okay. He's goofy. Yeah. Yeah, he's goofy. And I, uh, and you know, I stopped and I was talking to him. I was like, hey, man, you know, everything's awesome. And then, um, you know, I said something to him along the lines like, hey, you know, you know, you, you kind of remind me of, of Head from from Corn," And then he just kind of gives me this look and gives me this kind of weird smirk. It's like, it's like yeah, I, I play guitar in, in Love and Death with him. I was like, oh, that's, that's where, where I've seen you from. you from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I was just like, oh, my God. I was like, I was like it, was, it was freaking me out at the time. Like, I can't believe I didn't recognize him and put the pieces together but i never even knew about islander before that night really i never heard of them or anything like that jr is not with the band anymore but that was just a a very interesting a very uh funny situation very funny meeting with him there so these guys are just in the early to mid 20 aughts i i guess it i don't know what you call the 2010s i guess it's the aughts i I'm, I'm still trying to catch up with that shit but anyway so they come out with violence and destruction I fucking absolutely love it. it. It's a fantastic one. Their EP before that, Pains, I highly recommend. Just solid stuff. Uh, so then they had a follow-up, 2016, Power Under Control. And I have to admit, it was a little bit 
different. It just, I don't know, like they kind of took a little bit departure of what they did. And I, I just really like there's maybe one or two songs on there, but like the rest of the album, I couldn't really get into. So today, April 1st, 2022, it's a new album. Not It's not easy being human. Um, I gave it a spin and, and I'll be perfectly honest. I had relatively low expectations, but I always love to give a band a chance. I'm like, hey, like it's on Spotify. Let me fucking listen to it and, and, and see what happens. I was pleasantly surprised. I wouldn't say it's like a, a true return to form to violence and destruction. It has that vibe, but they are still kind of doing various different kind of sounds and different types of styles as they were in power under control. So they have the heavier songs. They have like, like a very heavy rap or trap, like rock slash metal kind of vibe to it. They also have more of like the hard rock slash kind of pop rock. Kind of, kind of just more uplifting kind of songs. As an album overall, it was really, really good. And it had a lot of guest people on there. I mean, you had Lacey Sturm from Flyleaf. Yeah, from It's Not Easy. It's not, I don't know why I can't say this term. It's not easy being human. I mean, I love her voice. I, like, I'm a huge fan of her. She kills it on that. Um, you also have Sonny Sandoval doing lights, camera, action, from uh, you know, at, uh, P.O.D., Another one that I really like, and this thing is a straight up banger, Tom. And if you have not listened to it, check out Skin Crawl. It has Brian Head Welch, and then it also has the dude from Zao or Zao. You know who that is? Yeah, I know who Zao is. If I'm mistaken, they're fucking like a, heavy as shit. Like a Christian hardcore punk type of band or something like that. Dude, they're fucking heavy. Yeah, a good friend of mine that it's in yeah. heavier stuff. He got me into those guys. But dude, Skin Crawl is dope. Like that song hits, and I was like, "Wow!" It or, th- this album already had a couple of like fairly heavy hitting tracks coming in the album. Like when I ha- heard that, I was like, "Whoa!" You know, they also have Skateboard Flowers with the guy from Bad Brains. My God, dude! You also had Hire the Hero on there. You also had AJ Channer from Fire from the Gods when they do Freedom towards the end. So I mean, it, they pretty much I think got all their buddies. Like, hey, can you feature on that? Which to me, like, I'm not saying that's a bad thing at all. I think if anything, it helps the album. You bring in so many different types of people from different genres of music, really like different styles. It just added to it. It was just overall a solid listen. I mean, it's like 52 minutes, 17 tracks. I think they've really, in my personal opinion, they've really rebounded from the last album of Power Under Control, which honestly, I was not the biggest fan of. This one, it was solid and it's got plenty of heavy stuff like like they added that that's what was missing the last album is like they had a one or two tracks that kind of had some grit the rest of it i'm like where did it go they kind of brought that back dude it's it's really good i highly recommend anybody that is either listen to them or never listen to them definitely give it a, a spin man it's not easy being human great album yeah that's my uh <laughs> that's my take on islander dude good stuff i'll probably try and check it out sometime I really only know them from seeing them live. Haven't really listened to them much outside of that. Well, I'll give it a shot. I mean, you're pretty hyped on it. Yeah, yeah. And and, and like I said, like, especially coming from, you know, not expecting much, to be honest. But I was, I mean, I'm I'm sitting here at my desk working, like, what else am I going to do? You know, so I might as well just play it. If I don't like it, I can just go ahead and skip it or or just stop it all together. But man, from track one all the way to the end, man, I let that shit play. And I was like, this is actually really good. And, and I started texting a lot of my friends that are Islander fans. 
I, I think we all had like the same sentiment into where like the last album, we weren't really feeling it. So I was like, hey guys, like I know that you've seen this on Facebook that this album's coming out. Give it a listen. Give it a shot. This is actually really good. And I've gotten a lot of positive feedback from it as well. So highly recommend. Um, and you know what? Maybe what we can do is just, you know, we'll, we'll put a post on Facebook. I'll put up a couple songs, see what you guys think. I uh, really like to hear some feedback on it, man, because like I said, like, I was really impressed with it. Anyway, I'm going to stop talking about Islander. My bad, Tom. So you had a very interesting topic that we can kind of touch upon for this week. When new Metal has gotten its credit, and God damn it, well-deserved. What, what do you got for us this week? So not too long ago, I came across a couple of articles, one by Revolver Mag and one on LottaraSound.com, and one's on list on 20 greatest debut albums of all time. Let's start off with that one, actually. Sure. The article on Revolver Mag about the greatest debut albums of all time, or 20 greatest debut albums of all time, I should say. Start off here. At 17, they have System of a Down self-titled debut album. And I'm just going to go over a little bit of like my original experiences with them. Mm-hmm. I, on, all, on most of these bands, at least, that I've listed that are New Metal or New Metal adjacent, I'm familiar with their, their albums. So at the 17, they have System of a Down's album. And yeah, I just remember coming across, you know, Sugar, uh, the video for it at one point in time. I think my brother had the had that CD. He, I don't remember. Either he had it or I had it. I don't remember who, who had the uh, System of a Down CD. But yeah, I used to play that one a lot when I was in high school. Uh, I don't really have... I don't really spin it much now for any reason. I really don't listen to System of Down as much as I used to. But yeah, that was a, a pretty imp- impactful uh, debut album. What are your uh, thoughts on it? Anything? Yeah, I, I, just, I remember I was a freshman in college. And this is, again, I'm dating myself back when MTV actually used to play fucking music videos and gave a shit about that. And also like when New Metal was really highlighted in, in the forefront of what they did outside of pop. And uh, I just remember hearing Sugar, and I don't know, it just, I mean, it was different, but I, I, I liked it. it. Just like, they're just kind of, I, I don't know, like, I don't know how to ex- explain them. Like, they were quirky, spastic, heavy, but just like catchy. And it really drew me into those guys. Um, I remember they also had Spiders. That was a good track. Oh, yeah. I liked those songs and I got to see System of a Down. I think we talked about it last episode or the one before where it was Summer Sanitarium. I got to see them live. They were fucking sick, dude. Like it was it was a fantastic set. It was at that time enough to pique my interest. Um, my brother is a big fan of them. My younger my younger brother, he had his whole album. I listened to a couple songs, but I never really dove deep into that. But once Toxicity came out, I bought that album, Love Chop Suey. And that's actually a really, like, I love that album. I was glad that I was able to check out Sugar and Spiders, and it drew me into their next album. That's as much as I can speak about it. They, they've had a great career, and, and I think they've had a major impact on a lot of other bands. And they kind of bring a different sound into the overall new metal community. Like, because, you know, they're Armenian, they kind of have like a little bit of like a, um, it's it's hard to describe like they 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 bring in like 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 their own cultural kind of sound into it with metal like they they mix it in a way to where a lot of other new metal bands don't typically if that makes sense true that is one of the things that i how do i put this things that i can appreciate about system of a down is how 
they really did bring something, at, at least popularized a style of rock and metal that was, you know, a little bit off the wall. Right. They were structured differently. They had things that didn't really just follow such a definitive pattern of music. You know, they, they were a little bit more erratic in their style. And I think that's a big reason why they are part of new metal is because they were kind of a, doing a, a breaking the mold style in their song structures and everything like that. And they didn't really fit in with anything else in a way. I mean, they, I mean, they were, you know, a kind of alternative, you know, metal or whatever, but you know, new metal fans gravitated towards them because they were just so different at the time, but they also are a very, you know, politically and socially aware band as well. Right. Yeah. Which, which that's one of the other things that they they bring to the table as well with with their music. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I think a lot of times it's funny because now it's not new metal, but like Rage Against the Machine, they kind of have that, and then like decades later, they're like, "Wait a minute, you guys are political?" Like, well, yeah, dude, they no. have been the whole fucking yeah. time, you know. But uh, like for example, like Prison Song, if, if you listen to that, like listen to the lyrics, it, it's very, very apparent with that. I, I think that, you know, it, it's interesting that they add that in, but I, I don't know, like they put lyrics in a way to where you can still enjoy it. And, you know, whether you get it or not, I, I, I don't know, like it's it still works and you can still enjoy it. That, that's a prime example is, is that song. And, and, you know, if you really break down and listen to the lyrics, you're like, holy shit, like these guys got a point, you know, it, it's, but yeah, just, just a great band overall. Right on. All right. So at number 14 on the list is a band that is kind of new metal adjacent, but also inclusive with new metal at the same time is the band Machine Head. You know, they're mostly a groove metal band, but they didn't start off necessarily with, you know, a new metal sound. They were just groove metal. Then right. They kind of adjusted their sound in the late 90s there. You know, but, it, you know, this is talking about their debut uh, album, uh, Burn My Eyes. You know, it, it doesn't really quite follow in, fall in with new metal, I should say. It doesn't really fall in with new metal. But they are very, you know, well-respected by new metal fans because of that Burning Red album and such. And I like the band a lot, too. So, I, you know, it's kind of cool to see them also get their respect as well. So not much to go on about Machine Head. Uh, do you have anything to say? I don't know how familiar you are with their earlier stuff. With, you know, Burma Eyes, you know, let freedom ring with the shotgun blast. I mean, like, I, I mean, if, if you talk to anybody that's a fucking Machine Head fan, that's the first thing that probably comes to mind. They, I mean, like, yeah, they were groove metal where they had those those elements in there. But like, it wasn't until the Burning Red that they truly enveloped the the, 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 the style on the look. Yeah, they, that they fell in a lot more into that new metal. Yeah. Thing. But yeah, they, their elements musically did share a lot of elements that new metal bands or new metal music had, especially when you're talking about groove metal, because groove metal is an influence on new metal as well. So it was kind of easy for them to fall into that. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, cause groove metal is just, it's so close to new metal where like, you know, it's, it's got groove, it's got bounce. It's, you know, it's, it's not like just fast and a bunch of solos and stuff, which obviously machine head does. They're, they're very well. Like I, I love machine head. I, I think that it's great that that, album got the um praise that it did uh they weren't new metal yet but uh i, I think that it probably was an influence on a lot of new metal bands I, I think you can draw a lot of what they did as far as their uh, approach to songwriting and their style i, I think that it's well deserved that that album gets recognized I, I i'm pretty sure if you ask even like common or uh, uh modern bands right now 
that album may be the, you know like in the list of, of bands and albums that have influenced them to be honest right on at number 12 on the list is one of the most important new metal albums probably of all time and you know it's up there with significant other and you know corn's out first two albums and and such it's it's hybrid theory by lincoln park and that is one of the i mean to me it's one of the most important albums it's it was a god what i'm looking for uh influential or not just influential i'm looking for i'm looking for a specific impactful term you know <laughs> yeah i mean it, it's impactful and everything like that it's like a, i don't know why you want to say capstone to the kind of that i don't know it's 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 such an no. archetype for how rock blueprint and rap was it a blueprint? Yeah, it, it. I guess I don't know what to say. It, but it's it's such a seminal record in the whole rap and rock blended sound within the genre. I should say, you know, you had somebody genuinely doing rap vocals and somebody genuinely doing melodic singing throughout the whole album. It wasn't just like a guest vocals thing. It wasn't. Right. A, it wasn't somebody who was trying to rap and then do singing instead they had, they each were dedicated to that aspects of vocals. And it really stood out for me because that's like, was just like the epitome of a rap rock band for me, you know, somebody, you know, to do the vocals for rap and somebody to do the vocals for singing. It was such a, like you said before, an impactful album for me, the biggest selling album of, of 2000. You know, they were uh, pretty much, they were practically an overnight success, you know, success. I actually genuinely remember my first time finding Linkin Park. I was up late on the weekends. I was a teenager. I did that a lot. I used to stay up late on the weekends. I, I wasn't somebody who's going out partying or anything like that, but I used to just stay, like to stay up late on the weekends. And I was watching MTV and just the song comes on and just the fucking opening guitar riffs, that crazy video with like the, you know, ninja guys and shit. And then fucking kicks in i'm talking about the, the video for one step closer if if, if uh nobody's trying to if nobody's figured that out yet but yeah the i know exactly the, what you're talking the, about <laughs> step Everybody, yeah, people should know but i didn't actually say the name of the song but the the first time i watched the video for one step closer it was like i said it was on a just a late night find on mtv i uh yeah i i remember actually like going right to Napster just to download that that album right away because I just like this this band what the fuck like I was so blown away with by it and then I got to hear the rest of what they had to offer on the Hybrid Theory and in the end was a was a big deal I mean that's mm-hmm. you know one of the uh, one of the biggest songs off that album so many great songs on that album though I mean it's the whole just... album is good I'm sorry I'm I'm very biased the whole fucking thing is good <laughs> oh no I mean I say I say the whole fucking thing is good. Too honestly, I mean, you write down even that DJ track by uh, Mr. Han, you know, yes sir, by yep. Joseph Han and stuff. And that whole album, front to back. And you know, the thing was too that this album they got kind of lucky that this album was pretty accessible, also because there's no swearing whatsoever on that album, so you didn't have to worry about an explicit content war- warning or anything like that. You know, parents didn't have a problem with buying something like this for the kids because. It didn't have the label and they didn't have like any kind of, you know, bad image or anything like that. I mean, they, they kept a pretty good image, obviously, throughout their whole career. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they got so much success because of their accessibility as well. That album, though, like even for however, you know, pop success or whatever it got. Otherwise, it's 
it's something I won't deny. It's, you know, how quality of an album it is and how much impact it had on, on music and for the new metal genre as well. I think they're part of the reason why there's a new metal resurgence right now. Because if you look at a lot of these bands, even bands that are li- like, I mean, shit, even in deathcore, metalcore, if you have, or if you read some of these guys, some of these bands' interviews, they're saying that Linkin Park was instrumental in their buildup of them wanting to be a musician, like what inspired them. They are an absolute huge inspiration for me. I am a huge Linkin Park fan. I think I was on the flip side, but I think it was, I'll never forget. I, I remember the first time I heard it on the radio. Like I, I remember important moments in my life and this was one of them. I, I'm not going to lie. Like I was driving in Colorado and I was listening to KBPI and they played it for the very first time. They debuted it and I was on my way to a party. <laughs> I was actually on my way to a party and uh, I'm like, okay. And I heard that opening riff. I'm like, okay. And you had like the, like, the, like you know, DJ Han doing his thing. I'm like, okay, and it's got like that heavy, bouncy kind of riff. I'm like, ooh, okay. And it had a guy with like like a real smooth kind of singing voice. And then like that chorus, I'm like, whoa, like, all right, like this is yep. some good shit. And they start screaming. And then I'm like that, shut up. And like they started getting into it. And I, I, I think I was probably fucking punching the, the steering wheel at that point, dude. I'm like, yes, what is this? And so I immediately fell in love. And I bought the album, went to Best Buy, because back in the day, that's where you I mean, at least that's where I went. I went to Best Buy because they had cheaper CDs than in, than in the mall. Um, put it on and opening track, paper cut. And I swear to God, dude, once it started going, I like I was already into it. And then once they got into um, like the bridge part where they started singing, like I, I got straight up goosebumps, man. I was like, holy shit, this is really good. And that was just track one. Listening front to back, like I'm not going to lie, like that CD did not leave my CD player for like, two, three weeks straight, maybe because I wanted to listen to some Deftones or Slipknot or something, but when it was done, Linkin Park went right back in, dude. It was a phenomenal album. Um, I think it deserves every accolade, achievement, appraise that that it deserves. It, it, was, it was fantastic. And also to touch upon, when you're talking about two guys that you had somebody that was dedicated to singing, screaming, somebody that was rapping, you didn't have a lot of that. Like you had a few other bands in new metal that did that, but usually it was a guy that did both or they had, like you were saying, like a guest singer. It's dangerous territory, I think, to, to do that because you have to rely on both of them being so damn good. And I think that they did. I think Mike Shinoda did his shit. Chester Bennington, he was spot on. And the way that they worked back and forth with each other where it, it didn't feel forced to where it's like, okay, I sing, now you rap and vice versa. It was fluid. The whole time. I mean, in, in everything they did, especially Meteora, like they, they work tandem together so well. And and I think that that's just what made it even better. And I think that that's what helped them get as popular as they were. I mean, there's insanely talented band. As you can tell, I'm just gushing the fuck over this album. Like, I'm just that's fine. Uh, no, I'm just saying, like, I'm I'm not even ashamed. It, it's it's one of my favorite albums, one of my biggest influences personally as a fan and as a form, you know, like as a musician, like I was huge in these guys. Yeah, just a fantastic album. Awesome, awesome. On to the next album on this list. That's New Middle. Number 11, right above Lincoln Park, is Slipknot's first album, their self-titled album. And, guy, what I can say about that album myself, too, that was a, a huge influence on me, huge impact on me on that album. The first time I heard Wait and Bleed, and I had to go out and get that album as soon as I could. Fucking... Another great album, but I haven't really listened to it all the way through in ages. You know, 
Really? Wow. Yeah, I really haven't. And that's the thing. Like, I I only listened to, you know, how do I put this? I used to listen to it all the way through all when I was, you know, when I was younger, but I haven't sat down and listened to it all the way through in ages. I, I do like that album still, and there's plenty of great songs on it. It's just one of those ones where I really kind of only stuck with a few songs here and there that I, I don't know. I have to think about the uh, the track list again. I mean, yeah, it's sick, eyeless, wait and bleed, surfacing, spit it out. I mean, like it, it, it came out hitting hard and it just it did not let go. Like basically it grabbed your fucking throat, screaming in your face. And it's like, no, motherfucker, I'm not going to let go. Like I'm intense. And it's like fucking loved it, man. Liberate is fantastic. No life. Hashtag liberate bananas. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Liberate bananas. Yeah, it was, it was, that was funny. Like that. Oh, that's a funny, that's a funny thing too, because um, I, I, I talk about the Roach Coach podcast again, because mm-hmm. I, like I said, I've been listening to them a lot again. Yeah. And I listened to them early on. And one of the earlier album reviews was the Slipknot uh, album. And they were listening to that song and they're like, why is he saying at the beginning, liberate bananas? Liberate my madness. Exactly. <laughs> that's a, that's the thing that they, but, and it's like, I, I found a picture somebody posted making fun of, um of that lyric. And I posted it on their, on their page. And they actually mentioned it that in the next app, their next episode, you know, me, met, you know, posting that on their Facebook page. And they, they said they were cracking up when they first saw that. So that's, that's pretty cool. I don't know. I just got to make fun of that because I, it still sticks with me. Like I, cause I even like kept Benjamin or did a hashtag on liberate bananas again, talking about Slipknot recently. So nice. it's just that, that <laughs> sticks out. But my actual favorite song on that album, I have to say is actually uh spit it out because I love the fast rapping of vocals on that. Oh, it's good. Yeah, yeah I, absolutely. It's a great song for that. And just then the chorus on it is, I, it, it's weird because it's that energy. It's so fucking 99. Dude. That, that, that song, that energy is just so fucking 99 music. I don't know how to just put it. Like it, it, it's just something that you think of the year 99. And I think of that fucking song, you know, it, I don't know how else to put it. The, dude, the, the fast rapping vocals, the energy, yeah. the fucking, the, the anger and everything like that, the intensity behind it. Fucking awesome. It's definitely one of those albums to me personally, like, where were you when you first heard this? Because it's so great. It's such a just monumental album. I remember hearing, you know, Wait and Bleed. Uh, I was in college. This was actually a band where, and you got to keep in mind, 1999, you didn't have Facebook. You didn't have YouTube. You didn't have the word of mouth via the internet. So the word of mouth back in the day was truly word of mouth. And I had a lot of friends of mine that just raved about this band named Slipknot. It was either from friends that, you know, saw them live or they got a bootleg copy of something. And it was it was resonating within my group of friends. And I'm like, who the fuck are these guys? And like then it kind of slowly came on to like MTV and then it got on the Napster and whatnot. And I remember I was in my college dorm room and I heard it. And I'll be honest, like I, I didn't know what to think about. It. I'm like. This is a little too crazy for me. I don't I don't know why I thought that, but quickly grew on me. Yeah, like like just listening to this album. Like I said, it's fantastic. It starts out with sick, 
where I mean, it just it comes out. You just punch you in the fucking throat, dude. Like it does not let up. Eyeless, weight and bleed, surfacing, spit it out, tattered and torn. I mean, like you know, and and they're not even done yet. You know, it just it, it was just just chaotic. You had nine members in a band. You have drums and rapping and screaming and just like real heavy, groovy, bouncy riffs. And, and plus the look, fucking love the look. You know, it just it, like they're menacing. It's a new metal staple, like like, and I think like they really helped push the genre to the popularity where it was in in the late '90s and early 2000s. Really great album, and and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Then I still do now. I remember when they had the 20th anniversary, they put it on um, Revolver on the page on Facebook, and I think it happened to be on a Friday. And I was, you know, back when I was still in the office, I'm like, you know what, man, like I'm just gonna like I'm gonna revisit this album. I haven't listened to it in about a couple months or a couple years or something. Dude, I, I still thoroughly enjoyed it like the first time I ever heard the album. It just, it, it's solid, just epic record. And, and then on top of that, you know, years later, we find out that there was a track that didn't make the cut that I think would have and should have, and that was Purity. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with that track, right, Tom? It didn't make the cut? I thought that was on that. Purity? Uh, un- unless, unless that was like an, an extra one, but no, I mean, that was never on the album that I had. Unless it caught on later, but like, well, I'm looking on Wikipedia and the track listing uh, list, uh, purity at number nine, but it says that uh, frail limb nursery and purity liberty was nine. Should have issue. Okay, well, well, there is, uh, there, there is some kind of weird history now that I'm remembering. I don't remember. Yeah, it was, it was, it was like a a, a track a track that. Oh, I remember there was some kind of um. Some kind of controversy over them having keeping those two songs on the album. Yeah, so they just took it off. And if I'm not mistaken, it, it was had something to do with writing credit regarding the album. So instead of selling out al- the album with those songs on there and or, or whatever, they just took them off and they reissued it. Yeah, the Frail Limb Mer- Nursery and Purity were on the actual original release of the first oh, album. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and then. Those were tracks eight and nine on the original album. Oh, okay. But the reissue omits them. You're kind of you're kind of right and wrong about that. I <laughs> know it's uh, fine. I, I just remember like the copy that I had, and then you know from what I was able to find, I didn't hear pure till after, and I'm like, why the fuck was this song not on this album? Because it just it, yeah, it, they didn't they did not sell many copies of that very original release, right. so it's kind of hard to find. Just to end on speaking about this album. I heard it first and then saw them live. Just intense energy and just like chaos and like, man, like, you know, you, you kind of wonder, like, can can they do this shit live? And holy fuck, boy, did they ever like I, I saw them live. Oh, yeah. And I was like, OK. And, and I've seen them a handful of times and just God, it, it's just such a good show. And yeah, fantastic album. Yeah, in our very first episode, I talked about one of my earlier experiences watching Slipknot Live, you know. Mm-hmm. With a clown deciding to jerk off into the keg. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was watching these guys like picking fights at, at Ozfest 2001. They keep like, you know, I'm like, you guys are going to play and fight? You going to fight or are you just going to play music? No, it was, it was fucking sick, dude. It was great. Now on going up further on the list, another new metal band with one of the greatest debut albums of all time. Completely undebatable in my opinion is Korn's self-titled debut album. What more is there to say, honestly? I, I, I There's nothing. No. no. There's nothing. No, <laughs> there's, there's nothing. That's, that's, I mean, in a good way, because it is by far one of the most 
got definitely one of the most impactful debut albums of all time. It basically was the genesis of the genre that you and I are talking about and love. Absolutely. People all over the world love. And there's still a band that's still around and, you know, still doing their thing. You know, I mean, we talked about, you know, their latest album last week. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what more is there to say? It's 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 corn. It's it's their debut album. Fucking blind. I mean, seriously, like did that just kickstart who I, I who knew what that album and that song would have kickstarted or would have, you know, began at the time. I don't think anybody really knew. And then you know, now even over twenty almost thirty years later, we're still talking about it. So corn themselves, I think had no real expectations on that. I think like they released it and their thoughts were like, all right, we'll see what happens. Music, whether you'd say rock or heavy music or or whatever, in 94 was at a weird place. Thanks to Nirvana, hair metal died, but then grunge had a short shelf life and they were dying off. As far as like real metal that really garnered a lot of attention and had success, very far and few between. I think Pantera was waving the flag at that time, but outside of that... I mean, what was Metallica doing at that time? I mean, did they release, like... Metallica had the Black Album, like, in 91, and then they didn't have anything until Load back in 97, 96? Yeah, so, yeah that uh, sounds right. So that's what I'm saying. In 1994, you're smack dab in an area, it's like, okay, well, what does heavy music do? But like, where are we? Like, what direction are we going? Like, nobody is really claiming it. Like, in in and all due to respect, because I fucking love Pantera, they're doing their thing. But like, it just there was something more that was needed. And then here comes Corn with this completely different style. I mean, it, the guitar tone in Blind, you'd never heard anything like that. You never heard a simplistic riff that was groovy and bouncing. And this guy that just kind of talks like this and does this in his voice. And like, oh my God, is this guy manic? Like, what is, what is he going to fucking do? And I don't know, it just had this energy and it was manic and, and it was dark and it was heavy. Yeah, the and, dynamic of the song. Yes. And and, and oh, going back and forth, he starts off fucking yeah. yelling with the fuck three, the, the, the three freaking most. It's historic. Are you ready? Yeah. Three of the most energized words in the world. Fucking are you ready? You know? And I guarantee you, you know, it's crazy. I just saw corn in Tampa last year and you play that song and you know what? You goddamn right. I went nuts. You know what else? Thousands of other people in the crowd just went nuts. And that's how many years after he first fucking recorded that. That's how epic and seminal and and important this album is, is that like it just, it, it transcended it. Like it changed music as we know and it birthed a brand new genre which this is why we're talking about it today and i think we owe that heavily to the corn self-titled absolutely album. i mean it's it's that album yeah yeah <laughs> i was gonna say that album i could just pick up and just listen to it anytime i want to and there, the thing is like even though it's a lower quality sound in it you know to a degree ross robinson became a, a production legend because of that album yep. too bringing out the most out of corn at the time and that's one of the things like the production on it. And it's, it's weird because it's not like as quality, it's not the same kind of, you know, production, higher quality production style you, you hear now from bands. And that's what I love about it. Cause it's, it's, it's just got a little bit of dirt to it, a little bit of grit to it. Mm-hmm. And it's not trying too hard to be super high quality. It's, it's, it's taking everything that's bad about, you know, I won't say bad per se, but like, you know, not higher quality about it and turn it into a quality element. A, I can't think of the words. I'm a little bit lost for words right now. I'm trying to think too, but 
it, it, it yeah. I don't know what to say. It, it just takes us the, the sound and turns it into to something that fucking works. It fucking kicks ass instead. Yeah, I mean, and to me, like, like you know, what makes it timeless is, I mean, bottom line, man, is the song good? Is the song impactful? Is it memorable? It does does it have uniqueness to it? They, they check game power. Does that, yeah, they check all the boxes on that. Obviously, because again, I mean, this is going to be an album to be talked about for decades beyond us. Honestly, I mean, I'm I'm not even trying to be you know over exaggerative about it. I, uh, yeah, dude, exactly. No, I I think it's that important of a record. And again, like, like they kickstarted it, and it was an instant classic when they came out with Blind. God, they got clown, faggot, shoots and ladders. But the whole album, I mean, it's 11 tracks. But again, that is another one where front to back, dude, just just hit play. Don't even fucking hit the pause or the or the skip button. Like, let the fucker play. It's, it's that good, dude. It's that good. It, it, incredible album. Yeah, and it's raw, but the, the songs are there. It, and, you know, and that's the crazy thing, too, because I think it was just it was organic. They just did what they did. With, I don't think they really had that high of expectations, and it just it kind of happened. It was the right place, right time, and I think, especially in 1994, that's what heavy music needed because there was a void, and they definitely filled that, and it just catapulted this whole new genre. It needed a, a kick in the ass in, the, in a different direction, and that's what corn exactly like corn yeah. rock. And I'm so glad that they did because yeah, it spurred on just music. It's funny because you look at new metal coming back now where hair metal died and it kind of came back for a quick second. It was kind of cute that it came back. Same thing with disco. You can look at other genres, but new metal comes back. And I think it's coming back for a reason because it's a genuine genre of music. Like there's feeling behind it. It's legit. It's organic. And, and we have corn to think for that. So the next album that I'm going to mention, and we don't have to go too much into it because it's not like new metal, new metal per se. But it's the kind of new metal adjacent. It's actually to me, it's the proto new metal. It became the mm-hmm. archetype for what actual new metal incorporated elements of, and that was Rage Against the Machine's debut album. I remember this one because not just nece- not necessarily for the music, but because they have such a eye catching, controversial album cover. You know, it's a monk setting himself on fire. I mean, in protest, that, yeah. That imagery, that, that imagery there is just. It, it burned into my mind as he, you know, as he, when I was younger. But I mean, they have fucking great classic songs on there. I mean, songs like Bomb Truck. People mm-hmm. love that fucking track still. People, you know, listen to it. And even if they're a band where I don't truly agree with a lot of things they say, whatever, politically or socially, whatever, being a socially and politically conscious band from the beginning, and they never really truly moved away from those roots or whatever they did, they didn't ever break away from that they've always right. been like that you know they never deviated well, I, I right never, yeah they never truly deviated from that for any reason so i have a huge respect for rage against the machine still after all these years regardless of anything to do with whatever political view they have i respect them as musicians for always being like that and always sticking with it not just doing it just to be kind of you know to be trendy which was kind of a thing kind of in the early 2000s to be you know a little bit more political in your music but they've been like that since 93 or mm-hmm. 92, I should say. Not 92. Yep. You know, it's huge props and huge respect. And I think they, you know, people talk about them in new metal all the time because they are a band that incorporated, you know, rock and funk with hip hop rap stylings vocally that became one of the blueprints of new metal. You know, I do not think that 
new metal would exist without Rage Against the Machine because they broke some of those barriers down. I don't think that they necessarily need to be considered part of new metal, but they can't be ignored for their influences either. I think that it would be, in my opinion, not new metal, but very instrumental and influential. They would be the same as, you know, Anthrax and Public Enemy uh, when they got together and collaborated. Faith No More with Epic. Those were the foundations that kind of built upon where if you listen to or you, you check out a lot of the first major new metal bands that came out, it was bands like Faith No More. It was Rage Against the Machine. It was those kind of bands that they kind of drew inspiration from. So, yeah, I mean, not a new metal band, but like I'm not saying that in, in any bad way whatsoever because like I remember growing up in, in middle school when Rage Against the Machine came out fucking killing the name of them. I was like, whoa, like this is crazy. It just had so much like anger, but it was like it was like a control anger with with just like just really good like hooks. And and one thing I love about Tom Morello is that he turned his guitar into like a turntable. You know, it's just like he found out that like to do different things. Like nobody was doing that stuff back in the day, you know, at least not in popular music. Just very fresh, very cutting edge, a new idea. And that's something that I think a lot of new metal drew upon. And I think that they're very important band to the new metal genre. They weren't part of it. I've heard, of course, because God forbid, you know, you interview any of these bands and like, oh, we don't want anything to associate with new metal, blah, blah, blah. blah. I, I get that. But hate to tell you, but Rage Against the Machine was an instrumental part in that movement, in that growth of the genre of what it was and what it became. And just overall, great band. I agree with you too. I will give them props as well to where they had a message with their music and they stayed consistent. It wasn't an attention grabbing kind of shtick. They were serious about it. And I got the utmost respect for that. You are playing music and you have a message to get out. And I think that's important in music anyways. Sometimes you have a message about different things, but there's certain bands that do it politically. So I'll just say consistent and you say true to yourself. And that's really what you want to get out. I got nothing but props for you, but uh, I agree. I, I think that this was a great album and very influential just, just in, you know, rap, rock, new metal all together. Yeah, the fact that they stayed consistent and they were genuine about their lyrical content in, on those subjects is, I get, yeah, huge respect for that as well. Absolutely. All right, so that's the it for regarding any kind of new metal albums on that article. I did find another article i don't know it's, it's 20 underrated metal albums i i pulled a few of the bands off i would they're not all new metal per se they're kind of new metal adjacent like the first two i want to talk about are like romstein and fear factory and those are both bands that are kind of new metal adjacent to me you know they're more industrial metal bands they're stronger in that genre than they are new metal but they definitely get New metal appreciation, I should say. Rise of Rise Up by Rammstein. I don't remember much about that album. I don't remember listening to it through too much. Do you have much of a history or anything like that with that album by any chance? Uh, no, not not really, to be honest, man. Nah. All right. Well, I just wanted to mention them because they're mentioned in the new metal circles. The other one I wanted to mention was uh, Archetype by Fear Factory. Mm-hmm. And that's a fucking really badass album, actually. I fucking love the title track. The way Burn C. Bell's vocals are and the way just Dino's chugs on that are just, it's simple, but it's, it's so fitting and it's, it's catchy. It's so <laughs> yeah, it, it's catchy. It, really is, it, man. It, it still has somewhat of an impact. I love like just kind of the melodic metal, melodic industrial metal of it. I still love that fucking title track. 
great track. Hey, do you know much about that album otherwise yourself or no? I'll be honest. I was never a big uh, Fear Factory fan. I, I know a couple of their songs. I've seen them live a couple of times. You know, at least from a couple of their albums, like Demanufacture, Obsolete, I would throw that into new metal. Like they definitely had a couple of like bouncier, simplistic kind of riffs that would kind of go in there. There's also a lot of bands that would, you know, have a big industrial kind of sound to them and they were still, you know, considered new metal. So I'd throw them in the mix. Heavy band. Uh, yeah, like I, I like Dino's style, but to be honest, like that's all I can speak to it. First, like I said, like, I mean, I like a couple of their songs, but. Uh, that was never one of those bands that I truly, really got into. Uh, I definitely listened to the arguments on Obsolete being part of new metal. But, you know, to me, they, they just fall more into industrial metal than new metal. But great band otherwise, and I think our type is an underrated album, personally. The next album I'm going to talk about here is The Burning Red by Machine Head. There you go. And that, you know, mentioning Machine Head again, mm-hmm. and talking about their... Both new metal adjacent and no new metal inclusive. This is the new metal inclusive era of Machine Head. From this day, I remember, you know, first time I saw that video for it and everything like that. And all the keys. I mean, he looks fucking new metal as fuck in that. I love album, it. I love video. it. <laughs> uh, it's so it's and it's to the point. It's it's kind of funny because it does remind me of like how like Spider from Parman Five Thousand end up kind of carrying on that look himself. Right. That song and that video, new metal as fuck. I mean, it just it just fits. Hell yeah. Machine Head has kind of gone back and forth on their acceptance in new metal. I think Rob Flynn is a lot more accepted of being part of new metal. He actually has talked about including more new metal elements in his more recent music. Mm-hmm. You know, The Burning Red, it's an album came out at the time. I mean, it came out in 99. Yeah, yeah. August of 99. Yeah, I mean, it came out right when New Metal was super big. I mean, 99 was one of the biggest years for New Metal in general. It was another Ross Robinson album, too. Yes, that's right. Another Ross Robinson production. So everything about it is just, it just fits with New Metal. Ross Robinson had his touch on it in the night. It's, you know, it's late 90s Ross Robinson's production. He's got, you know, some rapping vocals on it. And it's got the groove metal behind it. Even just, like I said, also the fashion, just everything fit. I don't know. I, I, I do think that it is underrated and underappreciated. The people that are more purist about their kind of, you know, more mm-hmm. of the metal purists, yeah. they don't appreciate versus us new metal fans that are more accepting of those albums compared to the purists and whatnot. It's definitely one to keep going back to and appreciate for what it is, especially if you're a new metal fan. You know, we're kind of touching upon like, you know, Burn My Eyes were groove metal where it's like it has a lot of elements that you can find in, in other bands. They weren't quite new at that point. New metal wasn't even huge at, at that era. So I, I think as it came along, there's other bands. I mean, you look at Max Cavalera with Sepultura. That's another prime example where I, I don't think it's more of a sellout move. I think it's just that they genuinely liked the direction and the new sound, they got excited about it, and they wanted to be a part of it. I really feel, I can't speak to the whole band of Machine Head, but I really feel that with Rob Flynn, that's what it was. It's just, they were kind of close to that already, and they started hearing, you know, Corn and, and Deftones and Limp Biscuit, and like, all right, you know, like, I, I want to kind of take my, my stab at this, and then that's where we get the Burning Red. I think that Limp Biscuit's popular, rise in popularity was a huge, I don't know what you want to say. I don't know if I call it an influence per se. Uh, but yeah, I guess whatever. I think that 
Limbisca was probably an influence on the direction that Machine Head took at the time because he's kind of doing the same thing that vocally that Fred Durst is doing where trying to do, you know, some singing and some rapping all by himself, you know? Yeah. And it's one of those things where he's just going, switching back and forth between those styles, those songs that he does do the the singing and rapping. Like I said, I do think that Limp Bizkit's Rise and Popular had a, a little bit of an impact on that decision. Just, I, I think that they kind of changed the course for certain other bands to at least take a stab at it, you know, whether it's short term or long term. Regardless, and, and I know from, like you're saying, the purist, and if I was maybe born about five or 10 years before to where maybe I just didn't understand new metal as much. And I was more into like thrash and hardcore and, you know, different types of, of metal like that. And I like machine head. I would probably be in that side of the camera. Like, Oh, well they sold out because then they completely changed their style. I mean, look at Rob Flynn. I mean, again, from this day music video, it's another one where he looks completely different than he did before. So I don't know. Like I like it. I like that. He embraced the look, the style, the, the, the feel of it, just, just the whole new metal vibe. It's it's a very divisional type of of album uh, amongst just music fans in general. But I think as far as the new metal circle overall, I, I, I think that they would enjoy this album. It, it's really good. One of my favorites is the blood, the sweat, the tears. Uh, that was actually my my guitarist from Unsaid. You know, bang that on the way over to practice. And I'll be honest, because like, I never really owned the album. I actually got to listen to a lot of that thanks to him. Uh, my guitarist from Unsaid going to practice and you know i said desire to fire like i'm like this shit's fucking awesome dude it's really solid album and i still like their stuff after that you know the the blackening and everything after that but i did enjoy the short amount of time that they were truly like a new metal band solid stuff i don't think it was cheesy overdone i think it was genuine and it it definitely deserves its props that's one thing too it's genuine is that rob flynn still owns it when it comes to that. He does not deny it. He wears it on sleeve. Whether or not he embraces it, but he doesn't seem to ever really say, oh no, that was, you know, some other he didn't like put you know put it on somebody else that, you know, why he did anything like that. He he owns it. It's nothing to be ashamed of, man. It's good stuff. Like, no. like you know, screw the no, rest of them. Great album. I mean <laughs> especially if you if you aren't a fan of the rap vocals, but you can somehow look past that, everything else about the album is just fucking brilliant. And and there's still Machine Head. Like, like, I mean, if you really compare this to anything else, yeah, it's it's a little bit less technical, a little bit more groovier, but it's still fucking Machine Head. It really is. Even, to, all right, take Rob Flynn's vocals out. It's still Machine Head. You hear it, you're like, yeah, that, that definitely sounds like it's a Machine Head song. It's not that they completely deviated and went over the top and... You know, like, oh, okay, like, what, what's going to sell us millions of records? No, he's like, I, I love this new metal style. I want to take a part in it, give it a shot, and this sounds good. I, I want to be a part of it, and good for him. <sighs> That's We said a lot about that album, actually, a lot more than I thought we would. Now we're going to talk about probably the most important album on this list as far as most underrated albums, and that would be Issues by Korn. The fourth album, mm-hmm. they released this after how popular and how big they got after, from Father Leader. And this one was a very divided album, I, I, I found out. You know, there's a, I found really? a lot of people that, yeah, I, I remember not as many people like this album as they did the early ones, which I, I get, like, it doesn't quite compare to the first three albums. But I think Issues, definitely underrated, definitely underappreciated. I agree. I think what people didn't quite get about corn at the time 
is that they were definitely trying to do something different. They they tapped into their their darker side a little bit more. I think that's one thing that people didn't quite get at the time because Korn's like this popular, their SoCal party rock band. I don't want to say call them party rock, but you know, they're a rock band that parties and you know they're they're known for being kind of having a kind of like a party band image. I don't know what to say. You know, they're you like know, a you rock star really, image or Yeah, they were they were rock stars. Yeah, they 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 became rock stars at that point for sure. You know, but you didn't really think about them being so starting to tap in their darker sides of the uh, of their music. So 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 let, let me ask you, like, you don't think like Life is Peachy was dark at all? Like, I that's one thing that drew me into them. Like, I think, no, I think I'm talking about coming off of Follow the Leader. Not necessarily anything with the first two albums, but, mm-hmm. com- but coming off of Follow the Leader. I mean, it was, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Like, it was a little bit more like hip hop influence, a little bit more lighter yeah, th- th- to a degree. And they're... Yeah, and they're kind of like, you know, just, you know, at that point, they they had a little bit more. They, I mean, I'm not saying these guys were, you know, big head or anything like that, but they did have a little bit more swag, extravagant, <laughs> you know. Yeah, they had a little bit more swag and, and all that stuff. But you can't really compare issues and follow the leader that much because the, the subject matter of both and the, the kind of, you know, things they were going for as far as uh, topics and such from follow the leader versus issues just. Two different things. I, I almost kind of think issues was the album they were create they they were creating when they didn't want to put as much dark stuff on the first album. A lot of this stuff is kind of tied to the first album more than it was tied to the second or third album. Mm-hmm. I think that's almost what they were going for. That even though the third album was called Follow the Leader, the fourth album they were trying to tap a little bit more into the more uh, emotion. What do you want to say? The, the more in, emotional side that they had right. in their first album. Yeah, yeah. They, they they were trying to like tap into the soul, man. Like it was more follow the leader. I remember an interview, they were talking to Feely, and he was saying that they were kind of the front runners of a lot of the heavy bands at that time. So it was a little bit more of a brodacious kind of um approach to the album, like follow the leader, like you know, we're the leader. And you know, so yeah, they have the swag. They want to incorporate a lot of hip hop vibe into that. But I think they want to kind of go back to more like serious, darker. I mean, especially with Jonathan Davis, the guy had a lot to say and a lot on his mind. And you can really feel that. And if you read his lyrics, man, it's some deep stuff on that album. Yeah, some deep, dark stuff. It's very introspective on on that to where I think Follow the Leader was a little bit more different to where it's kind of like, okay, like let's loosen up a little bit. Still heavy, but... I think issues was yeah, it was just darker, more introspective, and I think that a lot of fans of Corn were fans because of Follow the Leader, but they maybe a lot of them didn't know or really touch upon the first two albums, so maybe that's why that was so much of a departure. You know, when when they listened to issues to with me, I was fine with. I'm like, yeah, it's different, but I like the fact that I don't know, it just yeah, it had a different mood, a different vibe to it and i like that it was a little bit more serious and a little bit more i don't know just just um darker you know i i i liked it i i, I thought yeah, i was gonna say talking about you know more serious topics their first single was falling away from me which is basically a song about physical abuse yeah uh child abuse and whatnot that's why i'm talking about they're ta- they're they're touching on these deeper darker issues or deeper darker topics like they did in the first album Mm-hmm. You know, this is more of a callback to the first album with the topics and exploring more and then conveying more about those 
to keep saying the word issues, those kind of topics more than they did with the second or third album. I mean, the second album had them too. Don't get me wrong. Right. Yeah, of course. The third album, though, it was it was was a little bit. It was a, it was a mainstream album. You know, there's one of the most popular albums you know that came out at that time. Right. They deviated from it and went back to a darker to a darker subject and you know a darker place for this album. I mean, if you listen to all those singles from it, you know, "Fall Away from Me," "Make Me Bad," "Somebody," "Someone," those are all you know pretty dark. Hey, Daddy, Dirty, uh, Trash. You know, I'll be honest, uh, when I wrote Tempt for Stark, I kind of drew a little bit of inspiration on personal experiences and the lyrics from Trash. And that's, you know, because basically it's just talking about how you're kind of with girls sometimes and, you know, why you're with them and why they're with you and shit kind of goes through your head. Obviously, I can't relate to the uh, extent that Jonathan Davis has because... The dude was super famous and I'm just a local boy. <laughs> like I, I never got that big, but you know, I'll be honest, like I can kind of somewhat relate to some degree and I drew inspiration from that song, but I just, I mean, I like the song overall, but just again, if I could take any of those corn albums and really kind of take something away from lyrics issues, man, it, it had so much stuff to offer lyrically as far as what the lyrical content was just as a music fan, you know, besides being a vocalist, but, as being a musical fan, um, I, I thought there was a lot to offer there. As far as the songs go, for some reason, the one that always kind of, I don't know, stuck out with me for some weird reason, and I don't really know how to explain why, if it was lyrically or truly just instrumentally or whatever, the song Let's Get This Party Started. I, I, I just really like that song. It's Same. always stuck with me. It's a song that I still listen to, you know, since then. Overall, the album's pretty good. It definitely should be considered underrated. It's when you have it to compare to, the previous three albums, I can understand people's divisive opinion on it. But I think from where they've gone since then, I definitely have a lot more appreciation for that album. Not that there has been obviously all bad music from them since then. After issues, I really didn't have as much drawn to me from them. Wasn't drawn as much to the subsequent albums uh, since issues. I'd have to agree. And, and I would say that as far as you know, albums front to back that I thoroughly enjoyed, Issues would be probably the last for me, but there's certainly certain songs here and there that I've always enjoyed. And I sure as hell, you know, when they come through live, always do. Like, I will make a point to make it out to a show. Like, Issues was like personally the last important album to me. It was, uh, it was just good. Yeah, it was good. It had a lot to offer. And, and again, uh, great content on it. Well, that's it for new metal albums on that list. There's just those four. You know, and the the main ones were Machine Head and Corn. Uh, that's it for the for me as far as those topics goes. Do you have anything to add to that? No, man. I I think that's a great list. Great bands to talk about. Very influential and important bands in the history of new metal. So I, I think that's a fantastic list. I'm gonna go ahead and and bring it on to our real quick week in new metal. This would be anything that would happen between uh, March 27th through April 2nd. Didn't find a whole lot, but I got a couple things here. Back in March 28th of 2013, I, I missed this and I wish I was able to check it out, but Seven Dust and Cold Chamber, they announced a co-headlining tour across the United States that began on March 28th and ran through April 28th. So it was just one month in 2013. Shit, dude. Like, I'm ne- I've never yeah. seen Cold Chamber live. I'm sure you have, Mr. Cow Chamber. <laughs> yes, Cold Chamber. Cow Chamber. Um- yeah, I wanted to see that. I wanted to see that one because the funny thing is that I believe I brought this up in the first episode is that 
the Seven Dust and Cold Chamber tour that I got to see when I was in high school mm-hmm. was is like up there as far as like most memorable concerts of my of of my life. There's so much fucking energy at the rave there with Cold Chamber and Seven Dust playing. I mean, it wasn't just one or the other. It was both bands had had brought so much fucking energy. So it's it kind of it was just an experience for me at that time, and I was actually pretty down that I I didn't have the opportunity to go to this tour, this co-headlining tour with them. And, you know, it's kind of funny too, because of how much beef there was from between Des and that's right. Members of seven, especially Morgan. Why am I thinking of his name? Morgan and Des. Yeah. Morgan Rose. Cause that created the song enemy off of seasons. That's what that whole song was about. Yeah, yeah. With, with, when it came down to the the situation with Dez and Reyna, and you know, obviously Morgan's relationship with Reyna, that's something. Well, I don't really want to get into too much right now. That can be a whole other yeah, topic yeah, at course. some other point. But if anybody can research this, how the the history between Seven Dust and Cold Chamber, and for them to have basically made up even after they basically wrote songs, you know, talking shit about each other. Exactly. Yeah, that, that that's, you know, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's what I thought too. When I saw that, I'm like, it's kind of cool because like, I guess like they made up and yeah, so that, that was really cool that they were able to go ahead and tour together. Yeah, for sure. You know, people grow up, shit happens, you know, and sometimes just grow out of things and things move yeah, out true. or whatever, you yeah, know. Absolutely. Just I'd be professionals. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. awesome. So yeah, that was back in 2013. March 30th, we're going to take it back to 1998. Where Family Values Tour 98, they released their audio and video compilation. Sick freaking lineup, dude. You had Korn, Ramstein, Limp Biscuit, Orgy, and Ice Cube. Sign me up. Um, I missed that one, <laughs> but I wish I, I wish it would have gone. Uh, did you happen to catch that? Oh, yeah. You did? I, I did. Oh, they, they dude, were lucky. The, yeah, Bradley Center. Except I'm, I'm, I'm still, uh, my brother is not, not going to hear this, but he probably knows I'm still kind of frustrated with him that we end up being late and I didn't get to see Orgy's whole set. Oh, I got to see them play like one song, but yeah, the rest of that fucking show was amazing, you know? And then I don't remember. I think they got to do children of the corn with ice. Cube, I would hope so. But at the end of the, I, I, I can't remember for sure, but I do remember that at the, the very last song that they did, corn uh, was obviously headlining, but the very last song, the biscuit came out and they did all in the nice. family. And it was, just, it wasn't just Fred Durst. It was like, Everybody was on the fucking stage together. I don't fucking know. Like everybody's playing the fucking song, but yeah, I just I remember that the very last song was them doing the All in the Family together. Uh, that was a pretty awesome show to be at at the time. I mean, they is one of the biggest. Oh, rock for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's one that I wish I would have been able to go. But yeah, that's that's killer, dude. So in the same year of 1998, we're going to move it one more day further, March 31st, Ultra Spank released their set, uh, their debut self-titled album. So Ultra Spank came out in 98. April 1st in 2008, Seven Dust releases Chapter 7, Hope and Sorrow. And then if you move it two years in advance to April 1st, 2010, at midnight, Taproot, they released their lead single for their upcoming album, Plead the Fifth. It was a song, Fractured, Everything I Said Was True. Which, um, that album, Plead the Fifth, it was good because they have Blue Sky Research and uh, I think like Long Road Home. And they were kind of moving more towards the alternative rock, hard rock kind of vibe. But um, with Plead the Fifth, they had a little bit more of like the gift kind of sound on that. Did, did you ever kind of check into that album at all? Or 
kit that I have. Maybe it was something I, I got into, picked up later on, but doesn't necessarily come to the forefront of my oh, mind. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge Taproot fan and, and Gift and Welcome, like, are very, uh, they're, they're very big yeah. albums. Gift and Welcome stand oh, out of course. a lot yeah, more, yeah. But... yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, Plead the Fifth, they definitely had some songs where it, it definitely kind of started to kind of have a little bit more of a, you know, gift vibe to it, because there's a couple albums where they started kind of expanding musically, and it was good, but I was like, man, like, I need, like, that chunky, bouncy, heavy, new metal kind of, you know, sound, and Plead the Fifth kind of brought that back a little bit, a little bit of a renaissance for them, which was nice, so. But anyway, that that's what happened in 2010. And then the last piece I have, April 2nd, 2013, they weren't technically new metal anymore, but Johnny Poole released Resilience. So that is your week in new metal. So that is all that I have, Tom. But I believe we're going to move on to the blind listen. And I'm hoping that with my blind listen, you have not heard of these guys yet. So I'm going to give it a shot here. All right. Even if you have, just, just act surprised. And you can keep this on a recording. Okay. so. They turned out that they are from Orlando, and I think one of the guys is, I could be wrong, I think it's from another band, but the band I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you two songs. I have two songs I want to show you because I really like these guys. The first one has got very heavy, kind of Chino, Deftones kind of vibe to it. It's not heavy, it's just more moody. It's fucking really, really good. It's a band called Mood Ring. You ever heard of Mood Ring? I am looking at the link now. I cannot say that I have off the top of my head. I'll- Fantastic. I'll listen to it. Maybe I have heard them because, like I said, I listen to new metal stations and new metal playlists or whatever, and I'm not always paying attention to what the song or the band is that it's playing, unless it's something that's really caught my, you know, my ear somehow, or you know, I'm paying attention to what I am paying attention to what's playing. But most of the time, I'm not. Gotcha. So I, uh, I give this a listen, and we can uh, see, I'll, you know, see how I feel about it. Cool, yeah. Now, now the thing is, it's not like straight up like new metal, but like you're gonna feel that the next one I have for you from the same band will be fantastic band. So check it out. It's called "Show Me the Real You." We're gonna listen to it, and we'll be back. Tripping 
All right. So I just got done listening to Show Me the Real You by Mood Ring. Now, like, like I said, like it's not like you're, you know, it's not a new metal banger, but it's got a heavy kind of Deftones kind of vibe to that. So what'd you think, man? Well, the singer is clearly influenced by Deftones and Chino to the point that he has the white pony outline tattooed on his face in the mm-hmm. video. You can see that. That's the thing. It's 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 very white pony and beyond Deftones. I didn't mind it. Okay. I didn't think it was bad. Okay. I don't know how much I would seek out more by them. I'll listen to your the other song you're going to have me listen to. But I wouldn't turn it off either. I would be okay with it playing in the background. I think, though, if I had to be critical of the song itself, I might have cut it down a little bit. It felt a little bit, it felt like it went on just a little bit too long. You know, it's like four minutes and 16 seconds. I'd like, I would cut that down to like just under four minutes, kind of find some way to cut down the song because I think that kind of song just kind of, that kind of style of song just drags on just a little bit too long. But I'm not going to sit there and turn it off. Like, I wouldn't care if it was playing in the background or anything like that. I wouldn't skip it necessarily or anything like that. Not a bad song at all. I think that there are definitely some people who could be listening to this. If you're a fan of Deftones and especially White Pony and Beyond, you're going to be a fan of this song. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, like that is my favorite band of all time. So I'm definitely going to be dropping in bands that kind of have that kind of vibe. So if anybody's on that Deftones train with me, I got a lot more of that coming. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really, I'm really into these guys now. This next song, Constrict. They just dropped about a couple weeks ago, and this is truly a straight up like new metal banger. So this is going to have a different kind of vibe. I think you're going to like it. I hope you do. It's it's really good. So again, Constrict by Mood Ring. Let's give this a rip, and we'll be back, and I'll see what you think about it. All right, so we got some new new Constrict by Mood Ring. Yeah, constricted a little bit uh, heavier. Not as moody, not not as much of a, a moody dudes. There's something about it, guitar riff wise, feels a little, it feels a little cookie cutter to a degree because it sounds like a lot of like these modern metalcore bands that kind of went into a little bit more mainstream sound. And the guitars on that one sounded a little bit more like those bands going that direction. Intentional or not, that's kind of what I got out of it. And on the flip side in this one, I think this one could have actually benefited from having a little bit more substance to the song to bring it out a little bit more. As I was good, I did like the guitar tone and everything like that. I did like the riffs. And I actually did like the way that the vocals were on this one. I think I like that one better than a, than than the other song. Yeah, I, I had a feeling that, that you would appreciate this one a little bit more. Because yeah, it's got more like the chunky riff. The first one, like you're saying, like it's like moody new metal, but like this one is, you know, kind of a little bit more rock, just like a little bit more of a yeah. of rock with, you know, melodic vocals and everything like that. And I think that I like this one a lot, you know, a little bit better. Definitely, you know, just another time where like maybe I wouldn't necessarily seek them out per se, but I'm not going to have a problem with listening to them. I'm not going to have a problem with them playing on in, in a playlist or whatever. 
not going to skip it or whatever. I think they are a band that is worth it for people to check out. I thought those were both good songs. Really good. Good, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a band I've been very high on. I've been watching these guys. Uh, I think they had their first um, single maybe about a year, year and a half ago. And uh, they're from Orlando and they're making a lot of, I mean, like they're getting a lot of attention and and gaining a lot of ground here. So I'm really excited to see where these guys are going because, yeah, they definitely draw some Deftones, some shoegaze, some new metal influence. That they're just balling it all up. I yeah, I personally like it a lot, but I'm glad that you don't hate it. <laughs> so I'll say that much. No, I don't. I, I think it's actually good. I do recommend them to people. I think there's a lot of people out there that would appreciate this their sound. I think Constrict is actually it, it caught me a lot more than what I can't even think of the name of the other song. <laughs> sorry. Um Show Me the Real You. Show me the real you. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's something that sucks. I, I it's a song that didn't even catch me. I can't even remember the name of the title, but well, construct. It's a nice. It it, it that sounds like a new metal song title. Also, like that would be a great know, new metal like band some... name, constrict. You know, yeah. I'm thinking about I, like. I think there's actually a band called Constrict out there though. Oh, there is. Uh, I, 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 I was about to say like Tom. If I ever get back into a band, dude, like it'll be that because yeah, the other band name I wanted to be was Leech. So I thought it'd be a dope name, but then um, a friend of mine he did a side project with that. Like I, but, oh, so somebody already used constrict, huh? I think so. Ah. I, I bet you if you, yeah, uh, yeah. I put, well, okay, maybe the, it's called Constricted. There's a band from oh. Ohio called Constricted. Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, not exactly the same, but similar. Right, but, right. Yeah, I, I do think I, I will recommend listening to Constrict by Mood Ring. I, I think that's a good song. Doesn't try too hard or anything like that. Doesn't try to be super moody. It just kind of takes all those elements it doesn't try to go overboard with them at all really good kind of good mix on that yeah like i said like i i'm I'm big on these guys i'm gonna keep trying to promote these guys because well yeah i mean like they're local but i mean i don't think i've ever seen them play a local show out here but i'm just saying like not not only just because they're from orlando you know any up-and-coming kind of band that i like a lot and that i see online yeah dude i'm always gonna be trying to push those kind of bands so but yeah, man, like that that's our blind listen for tonight. Um, I think that about wraps us up. It's another good episode, man. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, I think we went out a little bit longer than I expected. Uh, Same. Yeah, I was surprised. <laughs> uh, it kind of sucks. It's going to give me a lot of work to have to edit this crap down again. But hey. Sorry. That's, yeah. That's podcasting for you. I, it's, it's fine. You know, I was going to say, is this a point where I bring up we may not have an episode for a couple of weeks. We, we got shit going on. Hopefully we'll be back at it in like two weeks or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, two weeks or, or so. Um, I got some stuff going on next weekend. So in a way, and, and I do apologize, Tom, because yes, the longer we go, and in the back of my head, I'm like, this is be so much work for this dude. But uh, it, which, by the way, Tom's been doing an awesome job editing everything and, and putting all the hard work in. So we're giving you a, a, a good beefy episode now because next week we're going to take a break and then we'll be back. Uh, but we got we got some good stuff coming up. You know, we've been talking interviews. I believe we might have some right on deck here soon. So crossing fingers. Uh, as soon as we know, we'll let you know. And uh, that should be a lot of fun. I'm going to have more time for those interviews soon. Once this semester ends, we're going to be able to coordinate things. My schedule is going to open up a little bit better. We got one person I really want to interview that's, you know, an international outside of America. So yeah, got to get things lined up with him schedule wise. But It'll be more convenient once you know my schedule opens up as well. As always, guys, we really appreciate you guys reaching out to us. Um, hope you guys are still enjoying it. 
for those that have reached out to me personally or just reach out to the page or to Tom, definitely appreciate you guys' support. This is the first time you've heard this podcast, like our Facebook, Instagram. What where where else are we on here, Tom? Well, we are on Twitter, but I don't use Twitter as much. I try to update with that. Mm-hmm. We got a WordPress site, but that's all that is is just another page uh, where you can find us on our podcast. You know, obviously we're on Spotify and Apple iTunes and all that. I really did want to bring up the Instagram page though because I've been working hard with that, and just today we got included in the group of New Metal podcasts on a post by. New Metal Reddit, which is the Instagram page for the New Metal subreddit on reddit.com. So if you're a Redditor, which I kind of am, I was a longtime Redditor, but I kind of, you know, moved away from that for a while, but I went back on and I do, we do have a Reddit account that you can reach us through. We're called Breathing New Life, just like the name of the podcast. On Instagram, we are Breathing New Life. But we got tagged in a post, an image shared us, our page, and the other current podcasts revolving around new metal in one way or another. Like I said, I, uh, Roach Coaches is in that list. A couple other podcasts are going on. You know, it's, it's cool to be included in those kinds of things and get that kind of recognition because we are green to this. And how did you put it, Jeremy? Can you, can, how did you put it? We're just getting our feet wet. Yeah. The new kids on the block getting our feet wet. That's, I think, what yeah, you pretty said. much. Yeah. Yeah. We're brand new, man. We're babies in this. So I think what I like most about this is that we're bringing our own flavor to this, especially we are so big on getting some of these newer new metal bands out there recognized and just getting a chance to talk about things from our new metal experiences mm-hmm. and bring something else to the fold as well. Absolutely. We all kind of try to bring something to the new metal table here. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's great to see us all together with that, getting that kind of recognition. Yeah, for sure. And, and and also, if you happen to be on Reddit, you know, be sure to support those podcasts as well. And we're like really happy to be part of it and to kind of get recognized. And hopefully we get some more traction. And yeah, we just want to keep doing this, man. This is a lot of fun for us. We hope it's fun for you. And, and we want to kind of keep exposing music. Like I just I mean, I do this on the regular outside of a podcast. Like I like like we're saying, like we want to expose new bands. Like I just share this to my friends. So what better way than doing it on a podcast, you know, <laughs> so. Before we even start doing this podcast, and I talked about this before, this is something I wanted to do five years ago. And, and you and I on Facebook and in Facebook groups, you know, have done this with each other, even, you yeah. know, sharing these bands and everything Absolutely. like that and sharing it with other people. I, I want to keep doing this. And, you know, and also that's the thing, like we're still finding and discovering other bands to share. So don't be afraid to reach out to us. We're going through down the list of bands to listen to and share. We're we're also having a lot of fun with the the blind listen thing that we've been doing lately. That's been a lot of fun. Yeah, that has been a lot of fun. Actually, you know what? To add on to that, if you guys have a band that maybe nobody has heard of and you want to like shoot our way, absolutely throw it on here. We'll take a listen to, we'll expose it, we'll promote it, and we'll give our take on it. I think that wraps up things here for this week of breathing new life, Jeremy. Yeah. What, that, do we, what do we what do we do here? What do we do here? Come on. Come on. You know, you know is, what we got to do. <laughs> this is the part we're going to sign off. All right. Oh, OK. All right. All right. All right. Like, OK, it's it's take what? Like six or seven now. OK. All right. So, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, remember to keep, keep it, it new. New. It. Never. Okay. All right. All right. We'll, we'll get it again, guys. All right. Hey, take care, everybody. We'll see you next time. Peace. Peace. Yeah.
I kind of like that. I, I kind of like that. We're like, we'll never probably get that, but I think that might be like our thing. 